Welcome back, everybody, to the weekly update. Today is March 11th, if I can remember how to talk real quick. Today, for the weekly update, we actually have ourselves a guest, and that guest is the one and only Jazz Shaw. Jazz, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. No, thanks I for need to... Uh... There we go. I was getting a double echo, mm. not because of you, because I had the live thing running in the background and there's a delay. So, yeah, I'm so technically savvy. Yes. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm I'm doing great. I've had the week off. I'm feeling very relaxed and rested after that. And I got to go back to work tomorrow. But um, yeah, it's no, been a lot of cool news. So, you know, uh, it's been a great week. Well, not for everyone. Yeah, there's I think a couple of countries aren't doing too well. Oh, not just that, but I mean, even in the UFO world, there was some weird crap going on this week that I, I have yeah. no interest in getting into, yeah. you know, just but staying away from it. I had the extra time on my hands and I kept seeing odd things pop up and I would be, I have like one feed in uh, my, I use TweetDeck, you know, mm -hmm. for Twitter, where I just have all the UFO Twitter stuff and it's always lit up and just running and blazing by, you know, and I just kept seeing these weird things and I was like, what what and then it would be like click and i was like no I'm like okay <laughs> moving on yep so one thing uh ufo news i want to talk about is this article that i found it's actually about it's about a week old now but i didn't get a chance to talk about it last week so this article right here by vice 20 years worth of UFO sightings from the Canadian government. Now, I don't know if I'm crazy, but of course, Vice is going to be all jacked up because it's such a great... There we go. But didn't they say they didn't have anything at all, like not too long ago? Oh, my God. I, I don't Vice. remember them saying nothing. They always had a few things, but... I, I think they had a very similar line to what the U.S. used to say, like, we don't track these things because if it's not a national security issue, then really not our business. Mm -hmm. And they sent all the reports to uh, this one guy, and I'm going to draw a blank right now, um, who received them and would publish them every year. But th there weren't a lot of details, really nothing super crazy. And... Uh, then they stopped doing that last year, apparently, and they've really? just been doing nothing. And then suddenly one very good journalist who does like almost all the UFO reporting work in Canada submitted a new set of freedom of information requests. Mm -hmm. And somebody came back and he had asked before and gotten nothing. And it was suddenly, oh, here you go, 300 pages, you know, and he's been going through them and everybody's been going through them. I haven't even been through them all. It's like I, I was researching this other huge thing for an article I have coming up over the debrief. Um, yeah. Probably this weekend. But yeah, a few of them that I saw were, were pretty nuts. A lot of them don't have much detail, but a few of them had quite a bit of detail and sounded to me like they were unidentified. They didn't figure out what they were, you know. Right. Yeah, I'm looking at, I'm seeing one uh, pulsing lights descending from 60,000 feet a uh, couple of fighter pilots and uh, commercial pilots 
as well as police reporting. So I think it's pretty yep. interesting that they came out with this. There's pilots, both civilian and military, law enforcement, Royal Canadian Mounted Police reports. Uh, yeah, they had a lot of stuff. And there's always been a crossover. The only place we got anything was uh, with NORAD because it's a joint U.S.-Canadian effort. Right. And if you ask if you ask NORAD for anything, they basically will tell you to go f yourself. But somebody decided to ask Canada, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we got the stuff," you know. So we got some stuff once out of the NORAD collaboration. But mm -hmm. no, a lot of this looks like it's entirely new. It's reports nobody had seen. Yeah, which is awesome that we can get this again. But I think uh, I think are uh, you think they're done with the. Uh, the advanced drone narrative or like the Russian drone narrative or the Chinese drone. Oh no, narrative. no, I don't, I don't think either the United States or Canada are done with that because some things are probably drones. Some things are probably Starlink satellites. You know, mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of stuff that people see and it's like, I don't know what that is. So for them, it's unidentified, but you go and look into it and it's like, yeah, uh, there was a festival going on over there and they had a whole bunch of drones up for a show and that's probably what you saw. Yeah. So, but then there's that, I, what do they always say? Like 10 to 15% at most, you know, that are like, mm -hmm. no, nobody has any idea what this is, you know? Yeah. I think those are the ones that are much more intriguing, especially with what we're seeing right now in uh, the Ukraine that maybe the Russian, you know, the Russian uh, Air Force is not as advanced as we thought they were, or as good. That seems to be the case. Uh, uh, the headline I saw repeatedly was, where's the Russian Air Force? Not that anybody <laughs> wants them to come bomb everybody, but it's like they haven't been showing up. And the ones that did were getting shot down fairly regularly by the poorest country in Europe. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, that, that was weird, but also somebody and i don't remember who it was off the top of my head and i don't want to give out bad info but one of our allies or friends even not necessarily nato i want to say saudi america uh, saudi arabia but double check me on that had sent a whole buttload of these really advanced drones to ukraine and some people to show them how to use them mm -hmm. and they were capable of carrying something like i don't know 200 grams of really high power explosives and they were just flying these drones out and dropping them down on top of tanks and just blowing them up, you know? And yeah. I was, so I was like, well, those could have been UFOs right up until the moment where the driver was like, oh, crap. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, what the hell is that? Hey, I think I see a... Uh, nope. Nope. It's, it's making a buzzing noise and it's coming <laughs> straight for us. Which if, no, if nobody's ever heard a military drone fly overhead... It's a very distinct sound. They're little, even the jet-powered ones, like the. I was going to say, there's a, they they both have a distinct sound. We there are military uh, prop drones, mm -hmm. yeah, and they have a, a very distinct sound. When you get up to the uh, the predators, the yeah. those are basically miniature airplanes. Jet, there's a miniature jet fighters mm -hmm. but without a without a pilot cockpit, but they still carry weapons and everything. Yeah, and they that just looks like a really really small fighter jet yeah they do it's basically what it is you know and they, they because their engines are smaller it's more of a like a high-pitched 
kind of sound to it than like an F-16 or a, right. yep. well, F-15s and 18s and 22s all have dual engines. I've watched videos of those and I've heard the sound. They didn't have them back when I was in the military, but yeah, you, you watch uh, Tomcats and Super mm -hmm. Hornets and things. They've got a very throaty deep, particularly when they kick in the afterburners, you know. Yep. It's a big, heavy sound. You can feel it in your chest when it comes close. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. And the the F twenty two is probably one of the most distinct aircraft because when it banks, that there's a reason it does this. But when it banks, it makes a howling noise. Like uh, that was after my time, so I've never heard that in person. Yeah, they they howl, and it's the only way you know it, that there's an F twenty two overhead. It's it's actually really cool. Cool. When I lived out in Virginia, uh, Langley Air Force Base had a squadron of F-22s, and they would fly them overhead all the time. And they would bank, and you'd hear the howl and look up and go, oh, F-22. Then you just get used yep. to it. Yep. Back then, we had Tomcats and Eagles and Warthogs and some choppers, and that was about it, you know, on our carrier anyway. Yeah. Warthog's probably the coolest freaking plane ever made. Oh, it is. God, I love the A-10. My it's favorite a plane. scary plane. It's probably designed by a kid or somebody with, like, kid-like mentality. They're like, uh, it'd be really cool if we had a flying gun. Yeah, that's basically what it is. And they're great and some, for ground support. You know, they're not just mm -hmm. bombers and, you know cannons i mean they can get down close and oh, yeah. navigate and stay out of trouble and be able to just strafe the ground mm -hmm. you know yeah warthogs have a very complicated warthog pilots are really ballsy oh you know, yeah because they they get some tough missions you know <laughs> yeah they they definitely have a mission the mission set that's not anywhere near as safe as like a u2 spy plane or a even B2 a high altitude bomber, bomber. yeah, yeah. They can just go off and do whatever they want. These guys are flying at like 70 feet above the ground. Yeah. There's people actually know. shooting at you with rifles that might hit you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not like, it's not like the movies where uh, the old Vietnam, oh, what was that? Flight of the Intruder where they got shot down oh, yeah. by some dude with a, with like a rifle hit the F4 gun. Phantom. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, do you know how far you would have to lead a plane going like 700 miles an hour to get that round to actually hit? And yeah, be but when they're down enough? that low on approach, they're, they're, not, they're generally not doing max speed. Right. Because they also have to, you know, control their own flight so they know how far to lead the bombs before they drop them, you know. Mm -hmm. So, boy, we're, we're, we're going to lose the audience. We're going to sit here and talk about planes all day. <laughs> yes. Which I could, but yeah, I think I think what we're seeing it's kind of kind of pulling away some of the narrative. Um, the other hand, there's a couple things going on that I think is very important for the UFO community, or at least to keep in mind, and that is this right here. So I don't know if you've seen this. This is from Reuters. Thanks for going away. Facebook allows war posts urging violence against Russian invaders. Now this, I will tie this into the UFO community. 
I hope so. So what they've basically been doing is anything that they consider hate speech or violent speech, they can, you know, just take it down. The algorithm takes it down and bans people or whatever, right? Yeah. So I now they're now they're allowing it. And it's only in a few countries. So when you read the headline, it's like it is as bad as it looks, but it's not like everywhere. It's mostly you can see here it's Eastern Europe. So it's not like you can be in Japan or South Africa and do this, but this kind of does bring up an idea of censorship and what is and is not allowed and how it's controlled and who is controlling that. If the UFO narrative gets out of hand, how easy or how difficult would it be to just label it as disinformation and have it completely removed, have all these shows you know, removed from YouTube? Because they removed all the Russian news off of YouTube, I think, today or yesterday. It, it's really not unimaginable to think that it could happen to the UFO community if somebody gets the wrong set of data or like the wrong video that wasn't supposed to be released that gets released that's even more clear than say the tic tac or you know the, the gimbal and those videos i think it's something the ufo community needs to keep in mind could it happen in theory obviously uh you're talking about social media not the government they're not required to allow anything that they don't feel like allowing sadly um there's people that are trying to thread the needle through here and figure out well a a private company can't technically impinge on your first amendment rights because only the government can do that Uh, but twitter and facebook have basically become utilities at this point Mm-hmm. And the government can regulate utilities, so there's a basis. But yeah, if it, it all depends how much they buy the government narrative at the moment. They, yeah, Twitter and Facebook in particular, a bunch of others, they completely bought into the government narrative. For example, on the vaccines during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and even though a lot of stuff turned out to be complete crap later, uh, anybody who said anything different than what the CDC or Dr. Fauci were saying, you could actually have your posts taken down. You could have your accounts suspended. Yeah things like that so the question is if the government decides wow this is getting out of hand we don't want people talking about uh the the weird stuff in the skies or all this activity going on with the new ufo office at the pentagon Mm -hmm. you know then if the government doesn't like it and they agree and that's the narrative sure they could start taking things down there's very little anybody could do about it um would they i i i don't know I mean, I, I, I don't know if I see the tech giants being worried about that issue enough because th- they've had every opportunity to start jumping in and start ferreting out ufology stuff and picking yeah. and choosing. And I never see that happening unless somebody is accused of direct threats of violence or, you know, the usual stuff, mm-hmm. anything like that. So um, I, I, I would say hypothetically, sure, it could happen. I I don't have a high level of confidence that it would. Um, also, think, news from the past week on this subject, I, I think we have to worry more about the government doing the censorship than social media. Mm-hmm. 
because did you see the article from Chris Mellon at the Hill? Yes. Um, it was about a week ago. Yep. Earlier or earlier this, I think it was about a week. At, yeah. Yeah. And they're allegedly the decision has been made to go through and start classifying everything, every video, every every uh, image, every document mm -hmm. that the previous UAP task force had in its possession and had been studying and included in classified briefings, even though the actual documents and videos and things were not actually classified. They were just authorized use only. Yes. You know, and now they're going to go through and classify them all. Yep. And, uh, and Susan Goff has confirmed that for a couple mm -hmm. of reporters already. I didn't bother asking because I was on vacation. But, you know, it, it sounds like something they would do, and it's certainly something she would say. So I, I think that's the bigger question. I'm not so much worried about Twitter as I am worried about the Pentagon going, well, now everybody knows we have this office and we're studying this stuff, and we have been, and we're sitting on a bunch of stuff. We better go through and classify all of this. And Chris Mellon rightfully freaked out. Yeah, like, somebody, was he saying uh, something about even the gimbal and go fast and uh, the Tic Tac videos could be reclassified and... Not those three, because they were already out and shown as not being classified and um, had been confirmed uh, by Susan that they were original and legitimate and they had been in the possession of the government, that the horse has left the barn on those three. Right. But there's a lot more. We know that. We know that from Chris yeah. Mellon. We know that from Elizondo. There are reportedly other people who have seen some of the other ones um, because they work uh in congressional offices with the people who received the classified briefings mm -hmm. who have supposedly on the intelligence committee on the armed services committee in both chambers uh in those briefings people have come out and very quietly told some of us it's like yeah the member saw this stuff and that's why they're up talking about the office now because they freaked out mm -hmm. you know um so there's a lot of those the public hasn't seen and now if this plan goes through and nobody uh, puts a bridle on them and, and pulls them back like Chris Millen wants to see happen. And I hope Gillibrand and Rubio will get on this. Then they may go back and retroactively classify yeah. all the stuff that had never been classified for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And for no good reason that anybody can figure out, except we don't want to show you. Yeah. You know? That's, it kind of blows my mind. Like when I was reading that, I was like, well, that's not good. And one of the things that concerns me is if this whole thing with Russia and Ukraine gets protracted and NATO gets involved, they can easily use the fact that if we are in full-blown war, whatever, right, they can use the national security line to classify every single piece of UFO, UAP documents, videos, everything to however they feel and people just well like we're at war i guess you know it's national defense they could they could try that i'm more worried that they won't need to because another thing we've got all this stuff going on behind the scenes that lou was talking about you know mm -hmm. progress being made there have been people who have we don't know the details yet at least i don't have made some significant moves in a few military branches like yeah we have to move more towards transparency we had the dni come out and say we have a massive overclassification problem everything yep. was going good and then putin had to invade ukraine and now all of this is 
not just off the front page it's almost off the back page mm -hmm. there's nobody talking about any of it everybody's focused on this and these are yep. the times when some of the weasels in the government will be running around and doing stuff just like what chris is talking about yeah because you know? nobody's paying attention everybody's focused on this crisis and i'm, I'm not saying it's not a crisis no, i mean if, yeah. if any nato if one nato country gets dragged in and one russian jet gets shot down it could be nuclear war it's yeah. definitely important we have to be watching this but at the same time we were doing so good and i i, I might be more pissed at vladimir putin for invading Ukraine over the fact that the UAP story is getting buried than I am over the plight mm -hmm. of the Ukrainians. Cause it's just like, Oh really now? Really? Yeah. You know, we're coming I mean, up later this year on the first big report. Now that the new office has been established, you know, and there's supposed to be a public report and more classified briefings and who knows what's going to come out of that. It's every quarter, right? It's, it's like all of it's just thud. It's been dropped. Mm -hmm. Ukraine, Ukraine, 24 seven. And again, I, I apologize to anybody who thinks I'm being insensitive. I know it's important. I do. It's just really inconvenient timing if your main focus is UFOs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really is. I mean, short of getting it back into, like, the public view with everything that's going on, short of somebody leaking another video, an even better video than the first three, would be would probably do something. It oh, would yeah. have to be a very official video. Um, that would be best. I, I agree that would be best. Uh, there are more people now, like Avi Loeb and the work they're doing at Harvard, and they're getting ready to expand that after they get the AI worked out for their scanning system and put it in other places. I, I think if we got something from a coalition of scientists like that that had a ton of data with it, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't just get a video. It's got radar built in. We, we know the altitude. We know all the data. And we don't know what the hell this is. Take a look. The government can't classify that. Right. But that's coming from Harvard. It's coming from a team of scientists, mm -hmm. from astronomers, astrophysicists. That's a lot different than you or me. Like, wow, what's that? You know, and we got our cell phone. Well, there's a bazillion what's that videos out there. Oh, yeah. Nobody cares. If they release, you know, you know, if the Galileo project released something, I think it's pretty much up on the same shelf as a new Navy or hopefully eventually the Air Force starts talking, which they have yeah. not done, you know, or one of them going, oh, yeah, and here's this video that's come out for however. And, yeah, we're authorizing that's real. I think those are close to being on the same shelf. Yeah. And, you know, that's. <coughs> it would be nice if we could get the Air Force to talk because yeah, they had they had all those reports on the East Coast out by off of Virginia Beach and Florida. Yep. Well, uh, NAS Oceana was brought up as the one seeing these objects and sending the F-18s out there. Langley Air Force Base is right across the Chesapeake from. NAS Oceana, there's maybe 15, 20 miles between them. And they have a squadron of F-22 Raptors. And you're telling me that NAS Oceana saw these, but the Air Force's radar didn't pick anything up. They didn't talk to each other. They didn't go, hey, can you confirm these hits that we have this many miles out? Yeah, that never happened. <laughs> 
No, that's a total bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. The Air Force has had a much more secretive um, environment for a very long time. The research I've done for a bunch of articles that date back to the 60s, then the 80s, then the 90s, didn't used to be that way. But there there came a point where the Air Force is like, okay, we're done. Not talking about this anymore. If anybody else wants to talk, feel free. Mm-hmm. And the Navy is just like, we're, we're getting buzzed, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, it would be great if, if the Air Force was talking. Um, maybe they will. The other thing uh, I was just writing about this week, even though I was on vacation, you know, the Department of Energy. They're yeah. waiting to see what the Department of Energy has to say because, wow, they know a lot of stuff. But they never, ever talk about anything. And they are one of the few areas where their FOIA officers are sequestered away. Mm-hmm. And they have to, like, go through channels. Because they control, Department of Energy controls, for those who don't know, all the nuclear fuel for the nuclear weapons programs. Yeah. It's like the most, you, you always think about, oh, the intelligence agencies, the Pentagon, this, that, and everything. And yeah, they're involved in a lot of stuff and a lot of interesting stuff. We always FOIA them and all that. Department of Energy doesn't get all that much attention, but boy, no, they don't. they've had their fingers in a lot of pots, you know, and they don't have to tell anybody anything. Yeah, and that's like uh, one of the question of what's going on at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory. Good question. We don't know because I don't. I think it's. I think it's that place because every time I drove through near it, cell phones stop working. They have the. There's like no cell towers within so many miles of it. They have a like, quiet zone. Yeah. Yeah. So if if anybody's ever flown or driven through there your cell phone dies your radio doesn't work very well and then you get like 20 or 30 miles out and it all comes back that's the kind of place like i want to know what's going on there like they're not just trying to make carbon fiber cheaper for cars or working on high strength steel or the automotive industry the little oh they might be doing that too you know we don't a little bit but that it's not the only thing they're doing no probably not it will. Is Jazz Shaw going to drink a green beer on St. Patrick's Day? Uh, no, I rarely have ever drink beer. And if I do, it's usually like a porter or a really dark beer. I've never been a fan of like light beers or Bud Light or anything like that. Um, I occasionally have a glass of wine. Mostly I have cocktails. You know, that's that's about it. Who does not love a cocktail? There are people. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're probably a little boring. <laughs> or a little more sane. I don't know. Well, <laughs> one or the other. Uh, we can't judge on sanity. I certainly won't. Well, everybody knows that the weekly update is 20 minutes to a half hour long. So this is... Anything you want to say to close this out? Let me just think. I I was trying to think of some of the news items that came out this week, and I had, I did see something else, and I was a, a I was a bad guest, and I didn't write down my notes. Give me one second. Um, what was it? It was something that Nick Pope showed up with. Uh, oh yeah, it was from Australia. Um, I, I will just say, keep your eyes open because uh, Bryce Sable and 
Ross Coulthard have been doing this new podcast. I don't know if you've seen it yet yep. uh, called Need to Know. And they've been collaborating with some other people. And there have apparently been some very recent interesting sightings. And a lot of them take place out at this old base that we used to maintain. And technically, the Australians maintain it now. Uh, but it was part of the uh, early nuclear launch warning system out on the get it in my head correctly west coast of australia really? out there uh listening for it was it was designed to uh have uh, elf like extremely low frequency contact with subs and things like that mm -hmm. at the same time listening you know for uh, early launch signals uh during the cold war and all that but it's still active and apparently they've they've been seeing some interesting stuff out there mm -hmm. and it's been starting to get picked up this week in the australian media so i only looked at a couple of short clips but i think those guys are looking into it so next week there might be some interesting ufo news out of australia you know awesome. if we both if everybody lives in the united states we do we tend to be kind of self-centric and yeah we focus on the, the u.s news you know sometimes canada like we were talking about but this shit happens all over the world mm -hmm. right i'm sorry i didn't mean to swear on your show no um, you can swear on my show Oh, great. Thanks. Uh, but yeah, it, these these things are happening everywhere. Ton of stuff in South America, like the Zignal and those guys just had an expedition down there looking at stuff. Mm -hmm. Bunch of stuff in Europe. But yeah, even in Australia and New Zealand, they they get a lot of activity and oh, yeah. their press actually talks about it, you know, a lot more now than they did even 10 years ago. But yeah, they've been covering it. And uh the, those guys, you know, uh, I just mentioned are, are have been covering that stuff. They get more of a global view. So yes. I would just give everybody that's that listens to this, you know, a tip. Uh, go check that out, you know, and just check back in a week or so because there's been some interesting stuff happening down there. Really awesome. weird looking sightings with really good video. And just a reminder to everybody in October, I will be in Peru visiting Machu Picchu, but I will also be wow. looking up in the skies and documenting anything that I see. So look for that video probably in November. It's I'm probably going to have a ton of video that I'll have to cut together and edit, but anything that comes up, I'll be releasing it. That's probably a great place to do some sky watching. Oh, yes. I'm actually going to do a show live from Peru as well. If you're so, if you're up there and there's not a lot of clouds and there's very little background light compared to more densely populated areas, I mean, mm -hmm. who knows what you're going to say? Absolutely. All right, everybody. That's the show. That's the weekend update. I'm going to do a full hour long show on Monday because I work this weekend. So I will see everybody on Monday. Jazz, thank you for showing up. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the little thumbs up button, which is the like. I always forget the bell icon. But I will see everybody later. Thank you, Jazz. Thank you, me. Let me end the broadcast. There we go. See you later.